Good morning, good afternoon, and good evening, depending on where you are in the world. This is Healthy Conversations. I'm your host, your health coach, and I hope everyone is staying healthy. Now, on today's episode, it is just me. Lucky, lucky you. Um, I've not done one of these for a while. I've had some really good guests on, and I thought, you know what, I might do like a little individual one because it's been a while, so why not to give it a go? Now, not too long ago, I put out a post on Instagram and it was about asking people to, to send me some questions over that they want to be, that when they want answered about sort of improving health and longevity. Um, so I'm just going to go through in this first part of the podcast, I'm just going to go through those um, those questions. And uh, yeah, and in the second part of the episode, I'm going to go a little bit into into mental health, which I think is has gained a lot of traction recently, uh, especially with the lockdown and stuff like that. It's just definitely highlighted that this more people recognising that actually have some sort of mental health problem that needs to be treated. So, so yeah, I'm going to go through some some key things that I've used and, and I think are very effective when it comes to working on your mental health, really. Um, so, yeah, so let's get started with the questions. So, first question is, how did I get so handsome? Now, to, for a child to be born, you need... Uh, a female and a male to participate in uh, sexual intercourse to then create a child. Now, I get a lot of my my looks from my mother, probably about 99% of my looks from my mother. Some say she's an absolute sort, um, my friends say anyway, um, and I probably believe them because, you know, looking at me and myself in the mirror, I'm an absolute sort. So yeah, I'm guessing it's just that it's just the way it is. Uh, the 1% is uh, from my dad. That is probably actually, no, the 1% is from my dad is because I'm not losing my hair. Um, I like my brothers who are losing their hair. So I've got 99% of the jeans, good looking jeans from my mother. And I got 1% of the ones I actually needed that I didn't actually want from my dad, sorry, which is the losing of the hair. Now, I think the combination of that has made me into a 10 out of 10. Now, you know, I can't help being a 10 out of 10. It's quite a hard life being a 10 out of 10. Um, I mean, Yasmin's with me. She must be, you know, what's the rule is you can't go two points down. So she must be a 12 out of 12. Um, So I'm probably punching a little bit there. Uh, if anything, probably this question should be pointed more towards Yasmin and asking her how, you know, how does she live her day-to-day life being a 12 out of 12? You know, it must be tough. Um, so hopefully that answers your question really, yeah. A shout out to my mum for being a sort and shout out to my dad for not giving me his uh, his balding gene. Um, and unlucky for my brothers who have got the balding gene. Um, so yeah, hope that answers your question. Question number two, does running mitigate muscle loss and how can you maintain muscle but keep running? Now, for me, this comes down to your purpose and why you are running in the first place and what is it you want to get from movement and exercise and and stuff like that. So if you want to be a really good at running and say you have a really, really competitive sort of 10K, then for me, creating more, having more muscle mass and carrying more weight is going to be negative towards that goal. However, if one of your big motivators is looking good in a t-shirt, uh, you know, and having, you know, 
rippling muscles and um, being super jacked, then I would say sacrifice the want to have an amazing 10K. Because the more weight you carry when you run, the more energy you expend, uh, the harder it is. So the more weight you carry, basically the, the harder it is to run quicker times. That is why when you look at things like the marathon, you know, the, the super elite athletes, you know, you, see, you hardly see, in fact, you probably see no one over 100 kilos. So, and again, the same goes for Tour de France. We look at the Tour de France boys and girls. Um, again, a lot of them aren't over 100 kilos. Um, that's because what they're working on there is power to weight ratio. So what they're working on is the muscle mass they do have or the muscle they do have it's all about trying to create as much output of force and energy through each stride rather than the actual size of the muscle um, so it more becomes about performance really than it does about aesthetics um, so can you can you maintain muscle mass yes but it has to be it has to come down to you need to be doing more weight training exercises more resistance work than running and the running you do do needs to be less uh, less volume and less distance and more sort of short sharp interval styles uh, and stop interval style working out so really to answer that question really is you have to understand what what purpose and what do you want to achieve from exercise do you want to look good if you want to look good then it looks training program is totally different to having a really good 10k you can find a little middle ground but one is going to be more sacrificed than the other um so yeah it all comes it all depends on what, on what goals you want um hopefully that answers that question question number three have we become fixated on calories burned opposed to developing strength and better movement well funny enough i just did a uh, just did a post on instagram about sort of the uh, distorted image and uh, purpose of exercising which comes down to aesthetics I think yes I think we have become very fixated when it comes to exercise you know I've got a, a few clients that I've met and a few people that I meet you know and I've seen on Instagram as well yes they post up you know instead of like posting up how they you know how good they feel after a session it's pointing out and, and showing me how many calories they burn in a session and it comes to the point where actually their relationship with exercise is not great and is more focused on trying to burn calories. So just say if they go into a session and they only burn 300 calories within that session and in their head they want to try and buy fat burn 500 then what happens is they'll just maybe do a bit extra so they can hit that 500 calorie mark and they will not stop until they've hit that mark now this is a very uh bad relationship with uh with exercise um because really ultimately exercise should be there to improve your health and longevity and i think yeah i think the way to go is to really focus on less so on strength when it comes to the public because obviously when you when you're dealing, dealing with the public you are working with people uh that are also beginners so really actually that starts with how better how can we improve their movement pattern how can we get them to move move better and move more fluently with with more efficiency um, and pain free as well and then once that movement becomes better then we can look at maybe looking at strength because strength when i think when it comes to training clients and clients health does have its it, it's, it's a place within the program, but I don't think it should be the dominant. The dominant it shouldn't dominate the program. Um, I think 
hypertrophy and sort of like 10 rep range, 12 rep range is really good for trying to develop someone's health with resistance. But I think first it must start with the bodyweight stuff first. Get that on point, get the technique, get that, get that nice and consistent. Um, injury free, pro and pain free. And like I say, consistent. And then we can work through the stages. But yes, I do agree. I think we have become very fixated on calories, um, when it comes to exercising, which really does create an unhealthy, uh, relationship with exercise because you're not actually exercising to feel good and, and improve your health. You're more exercising to, to hit certain numbers. And that can mean really overdoing it really increase intensity too high for yourself and it's just not sustainable and we want just these behaviors and these positive behaviors to be as sustainable as possible uh okay the next one is i can't sleep what can i do now sleep is obviously as we know is super important for health um first things first i would go to the doctors first Actually, no, I wouldn't actually first. What I would do, I would go, I would look at your behaviours before bed. Also, it's also called sleep hygiene. You know, what is what what are the things you do before bed? So do you stare at your phone while you're in bed? That's a, probably a big no-no there um, because the blue light emitted from these devices uh, acts almost like you might as well be staring into the sun uh, or trying to sleep outside during the day, which is fairly tough because of sunlight. Um, and what the blue light does is it actually slows down the production of melatonin which is that key sleep hormone that we need uh, which tells our body that it's ready it's time to wind down and ready to go to sleep and what this blue light does is it slows that production down if anything actually probably minimizes that production as well so what you find is you'll go to bed at say nine o'clock stare at your phone for 45 minutes and it actually takes you longer to fall asleep than it would do if you didn't stare at the device um so that's probably my first thing I'd do. Second thing I'd look at is probably the light in your room. Is it too light? Is it too full of artificial light? So things like a bedroom lamp or even your bedroom light emits white light, which is which can be uh, detrimental to your circadian rhythm. And again, it, it tells your body that it's not ready for sleep, that it's too light outside, so we're not ready to go to sleep. Again, slowing that production of that melatonin. So I would sack off the bedroom lights or the uh, bedroom lamp if you can't sack them off then change the lighting get red light bulbs um and you do even better than that you could sack off the lights and just put candles in your room and and light some candles before you go to bed because that that amber light of the fire doesn't emit any uh any sort of blue lights white lights that's going to affect your melatonin production um so as well, it sets quite, quite a nice little atmosphere when you're in bed. So I would try those two things out first. And if they don't help, then I would go to the doctors because you might have insomnia. Um, and for me, insomnia, there's many ways of treating it, but go and seek professional advice and see what they say first. Because um, yeah, if you, if you if you keep carrying on, it just it just will really affect your health and your performance the next day, and that is not what we want. And sometimes going to the doctors and seeking professional help is probably the the best way forward. Um, so I hope those answer some of those questions. Um, some really good questions there, to be fair, actually. So I might probably do, I might do something like that again. Um, so it's the next part of the podcast I want to go into sort of mental health and um, I'm absolutely loving the fact that it's losing its sort of stigma really and it's being spoken about more and people are more more aware of um, 
mental health problems and, and dealing with them. And I think these lockdowns and this coronavirus is, has been tough for some people and uh, it's really highlighted the fact that they do need some help. And I think as the awareness and the stigma of suffering with mental health is, is slowly dropping and just becoming a bit of a, a bit of a norm more people are speaking out and more people are reaching out and, and actually dealing with their problems rather than letting them sort of uh, fester and grab a momentum and get to a point where they're sort of very detrimental to, to their life and affects how they live. Um, I'm taught first-hand from, from first-hand experience. I struggled big time in the first lockdown just because really all my sort of sense of purpose was taken away because the gym was closed. I couldn't see any clients. I was literally going from doing you know, crazy amounts of um, training, you know, clients every single day then training no clients. Um, I couldn't go to the gym so that my training was all over the place and yeah, that sense of purpose taken away and I struggled. It took me a good two, three weeks to really sort of process and understand and, and go and find out, you know, what, what, really, what was really going on and trying to find something to, to really find my purpose again. Um, it is good, it is good and I think you know, the more we identify that, you know, that you have got a sort of a mental health problem, it's okay. And what we're trying to, what we're actually realising is, is that it's not, it's not as bad as, it's, it's not, it's not something to be scared of. It's not something to be worried about. It's not something to be embarrassed about. It's something that needs to be dealt with and it is, and it will affect, and it is affecting your quality of your life. So we should deal with it. You know, if you've got a broken leg, you're not just going to ignore it, are you? And I think mental health needs to carry that same sort of, um, same sort of what's the word I'm looking for uh, people should be comfortable with dealing with those problems just like like same as like breaking a leg if you break your leg you deal with it if you've got mental health problems you, you go and seek help and you deal with it um, so it's, 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 this sort of advice I'm going to give you now is sort of from my own experience and you know I've had mental health problems for, for many years now and um, I've been through all the different treatments all the different processes different systems and this is one these are probably the two things that really help me big time the first thing is going to seek some professional help and going to actually going to see a therapist for me going to see a therapist was all really I was too worried about showing some weakness and yeah if I, should, if I was weak and um and then I used to call them also call them mind readers as well when I was younger and I thought they might manipulate my mind and read it and then change me forever but I was very 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 stupid and very young whereas now um, I went to go and see an amazing therapist called Barbara and she really definitely changed my life and I think need to see more therapists rather than like someone to be feared, someone that really does help and it's more of a coach for your mind really in it. And don't get me wrong, when you go and see these therapists it's tough because you're challenging, you know, you're challenging thoughts and beliefs that you've let build up in your head and you've believed for many, probably for many, many years and they've been ingrained into your sort of belief process. So when you go and see a therapist or a mind coach or whatever you want to call whoever you want whatever you want to call them you are challenging these and it's it is tough it's like going through a mental workout each session I remember going through my sessions and I used to last an hour I used to finish I used to come home I used to be, I used to be so tired because literally you're just challenging those thoughts your mind's going at 100 miles an hour and you're conflict, constantly in a conflict and it's just brutal um, 
But, you know, when you are challenging your mind, a bit, a bit like your body, when you challenge your body through movement, what happens is, is they get stronger. And ultimately, that's what you're doing when you see a therapist. You're challenging those thoughts, you're challenging your mind. And at the end of the day, after each session, you're, you're another step forward to, to dealing with the problem that, that you have. And you just become stronger and stronger and stronger. Um, and you find out more things about yourself and uh, it's just, yeah, it's, I just cannot recommend it enough and it's really not a sign of weakness and it's really really something that I think if you have identified that you are suffering some sort of mental health, that you should go and see someone. I think people, I think just anyone, if even, even if you haven't got mental health, everyone's got someone something to deal with and just go in and see someone who you can sort of talk that you don't know is a bit neutral, um, can give you solid advice, then um, I think everyone should go and really see someone regularly I think um, so yeah definitely go and seek go and seek some professional advice 100% recommend that uh, the other bit of advice I've got that has been a huge game changer for me was was just going walking like getting outside and walking and leaving your headphones at home I used to religiously go for dog walks or just walks with my headphones and uh, not allow myself to, to process any thoughts and feelings and I wasn't comfortable with being by myself um, which I think is becoming a more increasing problem as, as, as technology increases and more information and content developed out there is we are not comfortable with being by ourselves we have to always have some sort of noise or something to engage us um, in our thought you know, and it puts all those thoughts and those feelings of that day back into your mind and it just builds and builds and builds and before you know it you've got a you know you're, you have these thoughts and these feelings that are just negative whereas when you go for a walk outside and you listen to the nature and the, feel the wind and you know it, it just sort of gives you time to be with yourself and allow you to to process thoughts and feelings that you just suppress throughout the day especially if you work a lot as well because when you're working you know it's quite stressful throughout the day and you're constantly bombarded by different um different types of information and having to make different decisions and it just builds up so you know why would you then want to go from constant input all day from say work to then sitting in front of the tv or staring at your phone and getting even more input and more information and not actually allowing yourself to to relax and and process the different emotions and stresses you've been you've encountered throughout the day um for me getting outside and, and I've coined it and I'm definitely going to copyright it is using that that movement meditation and you know getting outside and going for a walk just no earphones just by yourself listening to the things around you you know listening to all the thoughts and feelings that just process as you walk along and same goes for running as well like leave the headphones at home be one with yourself uh, listen to yourself don't let the, the extra out the input of of music and podcasts and audio books which I, I absolutely love don't get me wrong but it's good to mix it up and sometimes go for a run without them sometimes go for a run with them um reduce the external noise which they've which sort of clouds the the internal voices which really you need to listen to and and understand that that you have and it's okay to to listen to them and and, and to deal with them really um so yeah that is i've not done an individual podcast it felt pretty good I've done that for a while 
Um, I hope you learned something. I hope I answered the questions good, and I hope you learned something from the questions, and I hope you learned something from the from the little mental health bit as well. And and I think from the mental health side of it is just just be brave and just acknowledge that you have a problem. Go and see someone professionally. And spend some time with yourself. Be 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 in silence. And um, I think we're, we're in a day and age where people are way too scared and, and too scared to be bored and too scared to be to be by themselves. And it's um, I think a super important part of of being a human is is being comfortable with being by yourself. Um, team, that is the end of the podcast. Um, one one more thing for me, team. Uh, stay healthy.